Hi, my name is Kaylee Masashi. I go to the University of Georgia, and you're listening to the Local Youth Worker Podcast. One, two, one, two, three. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Local Youth Worker, a podcast brought to you by Reformed Youth Ministries. I'm your host, John Parrott. As you heard from the tagline, I'm here with Kaylee Masashi. Uh, Kaylee, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? Uh, doing well. Doing well. It's good to see you. Looking forward to, to catching up with you. Um, not too long ago, we had Joey Keim on the podcast, who's RYM's newest staff member. And I asked him about uh, pronunciations of his last name or mispronunciations. <laughs> I'm just curious, your last name, Masashi. Uh, what what sort of crazy pronunciations have you gotten? Oh man! Um, well, nobody ever knows how to say it. So the most like common mispronunciation is Masachi, and I just go with it because that's what people say. Um, I've gotten Mazakai when I was in high school. Um, people couldn't even say it, so I was at an award ceremony and someone just messed it up and. It, he didn't even try to say it. Didn't even try. Um, no. Didn't even try. Um, but mainly like Mazakai, Malashalashi, um, Masashi. Um, but never, it's never right. So I just let people call me what they want. Did I say it right? Masashi? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's like, yeah, again, you're right. I should have checked with this before we started recording. Um, and I, you know, I just think of, Maserati as well. That's a shout out to Collins. Um, I think he introduced you one time on stage as Kaylee Maserati and I just lost it. I thought it was great. So yeah, Collins, if you're listening, that's a shout out to you. Um, Hey Kaylee, why don't you tell our listeners where you're joining us from, uh, where you grew up, what you're currently pursuing at Georgia, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, Okay, so I go to the University of Georgia, go dogs. Um, I'm talking to y'all from my little bedroom in Athens, Georgia. Um, I grew up in like a small town, 45 minutes north of Atlanta called Brazelton, Georgia. And I just love where I grew up. I'm really close to my family um, and my whole family went to UGA. Um, and so it was like, obvious I'm going to go here. And then I started out studying dietetics, but I'm now a communication studies major. Um, and hopefully next fall, I will start my master's program to get a master's in communication studies with an emphasis on help and interpersonal communication. And then from there, I'd love to work in ministry or um, I've thought about both my parents work corporate jobs and I've thought about, um, following my mom to see if that would be possible. But for now, I'm mainly doing that. I'm really involved at RUF, um, which is Reformed University Fellowship and I lead our worship there. And I, it's mainly what I do. I just have a lot of fun. And you've been an RYM summer intern. Uh, oh Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was I was an intern at um RYM the past two summers, and I'm coming back for a third this upcoming summer. All right, yes, and that's where we've connected. Um, and so t- today, what we're going to talk about 
a little bit of Kaylee's story and how she became TikTok famous. We're going to say that, right? You can say TikTok famous. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll explain that a little bit more. Um, Kaylee, I did think too that before we get into some of those specifics, you know, this episode will come out the Monday before Thanksgiving. I'm just curious, what does your Thanksgiving tradition look like? What, what is a Masashi, almost said Maserati, uh, Thanksgiving look like? Um, well, this year is fun because I'm going with my dad to visit his side of the family. Um, we, me and Lily did swim, my sister Lily and I did swim growing up. And so we always had swim meets the weekend before and the weekend after Thanksgiving. So it's family time is just like jam packed. So usually I try and not my brother, cause he also goes here are trying to go home on Monday. Cause we only get three days for break. And then just uninterrupted family time. Um, we, my mom cooks a lot of food and she's an amazing, amazing Thanksgiving cook. And they, we all like pile in my house with like my grandfather. And then sometimes my mom's sister and all her kids and her husband will come and we do Thanksgiving. And then we have these like best family friends that we also spend a lot of our holidays with. Um, but it's just a lot of family time, a lot of fellowship in our community and a lot of my mom's really good food. So, so what is your top food item? Like if you could pick one Thanksgiving food item that your mom fixes, it could, it could just be dessert. If there's a dessert, it could be main course side, whatever. She makes, <coughs> excuse me, the best Mac and cheese in the world. Um, it's and it's so good because it's not like it's like baked and it's not like super cheesy it's just like it's just really good it's just really good mac and cheese nice i I know you weren't expecting to talk about this on the podcast but i thought kind of put you on the spot (laughs) maybe a little bit um so let's transition from that to talking a little bit about social media um on the other side of the break i know we're going to get more specific about your story and uh, TikTok and, and all of that. Um, but just let's begin with, okay, what was your first social media platform that you were on? Uh, how old were you when you got on social media? Let's just start there. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I joined Instagram when I was in seventh grade and I was 12 years old and I had been like begging my mom the year previous. I was like, mom and dad, like, please, please let me have something. Like I went to a very public middle school and high school and I just really wanted to fit in and I really wanted people to like me. And my, I like now realize this looking back like eight years later, but like a lot of my like friends that I was friends with, like they, I feel like were just like really involved really young. And I think my parents really tried to keep me from that. So when I was going to seventh grade, I was like, mom, like, can I please have something like Instagram? Like, please, can I have an Instagram? And she was like, no, like all of sixth grade. And then it was summer, it was in June. And my mom was like, Kaylee, like if you can act with integrity and honesty and prove to me that you are responsible for the entire month of July, your dad and I will talk about letting you have it in August before you go back to school. And so I was like, yes, okay, awesome. 
And I was so honest. I was so responsible. Like I tried my very hardest. And then my mom and dad were like, you know, we at the in the beginning of August were like, we really appreciate you doing that. Like we ask that you continue to do that and act that way on social media as well. And so they let me get Instagram, which was a really big deal. And then I got Instagram and it came with a lot of restrictions, which I thought was like super unfair when I was 12 years old. And looking back, I'm like, they should have given me so much more. Um, I had to ask permission before I let people follow me or before I followed people. I'd ask permission before I posted something. And I did not know my password until I was 17. So yeah, which honestly, like, I was like, yes, like, now looking back, I'm like, yes, like that was absolutely right. And I actually had a screen limit when I turned 15 and screen time came out on iPhones, which I thought was just awesome. Um, and then in eighth grade, I, in seventh grade, at the end of seventh grade, I was like, can I please have Snapchat? Cause you know, once you want something, sure. one platform, you want another. And my mom and dad were like really wary about that one. And I was like, please, like I've, I've acted responsibly, responsibly. I feel like I've proven to you guys that like, I can honor you. And so I got Snapchat at the end of seventh grade and I had social media, I had Instagram and Snapchat. And then when I was in eighth grade, I did something that lost their trust. And I just like, it was in fact, I didn't have in social media from like February until July of eighth grade before ninth grade. And I did something that lost their trust. I wasn't responsible. They had given me things that I wasn't allowed to do on the app, like, um, Instagram Explorer page. I wasn't allowed to add people on Snapchat. Didn't know my password there. And I miss, I disobeyed them and they took it away until I was in ninth grade. And Honestly, it was really helpful and healing because I think I realized like my little eighth grade mind was like, oh man, like I am running to this instead of a different comfort. And so that's kind of when that started, like that social media drive. And it just kind of clicked with me that I've been on Instagram and Snapchat and Pinterest and TikTok for like a total of eight years, like eight years of my life has been spent on social media, um, which was just kind of crazy. And I don't know that I love that number, but, um, yeah, my parents though were very incredible, um, in trusting me, but also in the restrictions they set before me that I now am like very, very thankful that I had, um, in my like path. Yeah, no, that's awesome to hear that testimony, especially, I mean, just parents out there who are listening to this and might be, in the middle of the battle of fighting this with their, their children to just hear someone who's a little older, who's been through it and can look back and say, okay, my parents, they loved me. And even though it was tough and I pushed back that it was, it was a blessing. Um, Kaylee, just curious to kind of going back to, to seventh grade, were you the only one who didn't have Instagram? What were your friends? Were they all on it? I mean, talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So, uh, this, this is sad, but like a reoccurring theme in my life has been my friends have like, especially in middle school and elementary school, my friends stopped being my friend because I wasn't allowed to do the things that they did. 
And so obviously like I wasn't like the only kid who didn't have social, like I wasn't the only one, but I had had a friend tell me that she couldn't be my friend anymore or didn't want to be my friend anymore because I wasn't allowed to watch the movie she was allowed to watch. I wasn't allowed to have social media. I wasn't allowed to um, wear the same clothes she did. And it wasn't like my parents were like these cruel monsters. It was just like they were guarding my heart better than I could have guarded it because I was 12 years old. And so I think like, I think that my, I wanted so desperately to fit in with a group of girls that I never spoke to after middle school again, um, because I wanted them to like me and I wanted them to like, let me be their friend. And I very soon realized that that was not the reason they were not my friends. Um, it was because God and my parents were really guarding me from the people who were around me. Um, and so I think it was just like, I wanted to be like them so badly. And I wanted people to like me and what like I posted and what I said and stood for and all that when I was a kid, like a kid, like I wanted so badly to fit in and I wanted to be liked and I wanted everyone to like be my friend. And like, if they were my friends, it would eliminate all of the fears I had and affirm that I was a cool person, that I dressed cool, that I was smart, that I was whatever fill in the blank. Like it would have affirmed that. And ultimately it did not as we will continue to discuss. Yeah. No, I appreciate you sharing that. And obviously, I mean, anyone listening to this, we all know we, we have that temptation. We, we want to be like, we're, we're people pleasers and, and all of that. And so that resonates w- with all of us. Um, yeah, Kayla, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll get more into, into that part of your story. Hello, my name is John Ravel. I'm the youth and family pastor at Lakeland Presbyterian Church, and I'm the author of RYM's newest series, Grace 101. In composing this series of lessons, uh, I really had two main goals or, or thoughts. One was I wanted to make sure that as much scripture as possible made its way into these lessons. I wanted to make sure these lessons were just permeated by the scriptures because, of course, the scriptures are our ultimate source of truth and authority, but also the scriptures just have so much to say about this topic, this reality of grace. After all, it is grace that is at the foundation of our relationship with God. And so there's just so much there in the scriptures that I think we can easily lose sight uh, of, uh, of many passages because we'll focus on other passages that are maybe more well-known. We think that because we know a handful of passages that, that talk about grace, that we have it maybe all figured out, but there's just so much else in the scriptures, and uh, and I wanted to bring those those things in. Secondly, I wanted to bring certain ideas into conversation. I wanted to be able to distinguish things, separate things, but also bring harmony between things. Things like justification and sanctification, uh, ideas like common grace and saving grace. Uh, you know, when we think of grace, works, law, faith, effort. You know, all of those things that very often we either separate or pit against each other. I think there's a lot of harmony between these things and 
And so I, I do that a good bit throughout the series as well. So I, I, I do hope and pray that this series is helpful for you and your walk with Christ, that it would be encouraging and edifying and glorifying to Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thank you. Hey everybody, I'm back here with Kaylee Masashi uh, talking about her being TikTok famous. Um, I just, uh, I've got to say that just before we started recording, I just told Kaylee, I'm going to sound like such a dad on this and I'm just so out of touch. And anytime I talk with someone young like Kaylee, I just, uh, I just realize how old I'm getting. Um, so anyway, we're going to get into more of that story. Um, but before we go back, why don't we start kind of currently where you are now uh, with with social media? Just what's your relationship with social media now? What platforms are you on? And uh, then we'll go back and get into more of your story. Yeah. So now I really, I, okay, TikTok is like not a part of my daily life because I just, I I didn't I didn't stay relevant. I didn't like post videos I think that people were interested in. Um and I also I'm a student. Like it's just a lot. Mm-hmm. Um I do have Instagram. Um I tried to delete it during the week and I've been trying to like lower my screen limit. And then I have Snapchat. I really only talk to my friends from RYM on Snapchat and then my friends from home. Um because here I can just talk to people face to face or text them. Um, and then I use Visco, which is like, it's a platform where you can like, uh, edit your photos and then you can post them. But like, what I love about Visco is you cannot comment and you can't like them. You can just like favorite a picture or like add it to your collection if you like it. Um, but that's mainly what I use. And then I use Pinterest on occasion, but I, I think last year my relationship with social media was the most difficult for me because looking back, I like think about it and I'm like, and even now, like, I think I really struggle with like thinking about like, okay, if I post this, will people like it or will they like want to like be in my life because they think it's funny or because they think I'm being honest and like, like that feeling doesn't go away. Like sometimes I think I'm still in seventh, eighth, ninth grade, like, will they like me? Like, will they like me? And like, that's true. Like, I really struggle with like, if I post this, will like people like it? Or will they think I'm funny? Or will they like want to be my friend? Or will they like continue to follow me? Or like, I think the thing that was really hard for me last year was like, um, I wanted people to talk to me. Like I was really lonely last year because I was going through some stuff with my friends and my roommates and God is faithful and ended up being resolved. But there was a, like a period from like October to February where I was just like, I don't have friends in Athens anymore. I am making those friends, but it's taking me a second. And I really just want people to like slide up or message me just because I'm so lonely. Or I wanted them to affirm like, I had been told some really ugly things by some people I really cared about and loved. And I wanted people to affirm that that wasn't true and that what they said wasn't real and that I was a kind, honest, genuine, compassionate, and good friend and not the lies that I had been told. And so now it's definitely gotten better. I've actually been really trying to like lower my screen time and post 
what I want because I think it's fun or be like not on social media as much, um, which has been better. But it was really hard for me last year because I just wanted I wanted connection. But someone told me um, my one of my friends from Puerto Rico, he told me he was like social media is like the most unsocial thing that I'm a part of. And I was thinking about that and I was like, yeah, like I want people to connect with me because of what I portray not because of like who I am or anything like that. And I I can put anything I want online and I can also keep everything I don't want offline. And people can see this like pristine version of me. Like in high school, I wanted people to know how much I loved the Lord when a lot of it was like not always genuine. And then last year, I wanted people to think that I was some fun, strong, like, like, your most reliable friend. And now I'm just kind of like, Oh, now I'm like working through that, like pullback, but also I'm trying to like push forward of like, this isn't where I, this isn't my identity. And for like seven years and eight, I guess now kind of, I have really found my identity in what people think of me online and on social media, especially and it has really, I think, hurt my like trust and relationship in the Lord if I really let it and I run to it as a source of refuge and comfort instead of to my Bible or to wise counsel, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, no, thanks for sharing that. Um, why don't we go back and uh, talk about uh, you getting on TikTok and then just how you began to kind of uh, curate yourself, all of that stuff. So just tell us some of that background. Yeah. So when I was in high school, when I was a junior in high school, before the pandemic, I went up to the front office one morning. I had been, I think I had been either taking a shower or like right before I went to sleep last night, the night before I had been talking to myself, doing our morning announcements at school. And I was like, the way they do them are terrible. Like these are not good. And so I went up to the front office the next day and I was like, Hey, can I do them this morning? Like, I just want to see. And they were like, yeah, we actually hate doing this. This is really not fun. And I was like, okay, let me do it. Um, and then I just started doing them and everyone was like, who is this girl yelling at us? It's <laughs> seven 30. And I told, I like, everybody was like, is that Kaylee? And so I started recording them. No, no. So then I started doing them every morning and was like, I like, I really love this. This is really fun. And then COVID hit. So I think I was doing that in maybe October, November. Then COVID hit in March. And I was like, okay, well, that's sad. I really miss doing this. And so then I posted one on my Instagram story, like to my friends. Like, hey, don't forget to say the Pledge of Allegiance or, hey, don't forget to, you know, eat in the cafeteria. And it really made people laugh. And so then our social media, like head of our Instagram um, for Cherokee Bluff, that's what my high school is called. She reached out to me and was like, hey, would you mind sending me one of these, you know, every day so I can post on our Instagram story so people know, like, 
what classes they need to be doing while they're at home or like to make them laugh. Like, I think that'd be awesome. Um, shout out Chelsea. That was her who did it. And so then I went back to school and I, they finally gave me permission once COVID was like let up a little bit to go to the front office to do them. So I went to the front office in maybe September, started doing them. And then in one day in December, I had just been like, I really think I can post these and people will like them. I really want to be famous. Truly. That was like my desire. And so I (laughs) recorded a video, did not tell anyone, recorded a video, was like, okay, we're going to see how this goes. Then I went home and it had gotten, I think, 10,000 views by like six or seven. And then I looked at it last night and then I went to bed and the next morning I woke up and I think it had like 23,000 views. And then it had like a hundred thousand like the next day and just keep building up. I think when I checked yesterday, it had like around 823,000 views, like 823,000 people saw it. And everyone at school was like, Kaylee, like you're faint, like you're famous. Like you're like everybody's seeing these. And I was like, what should I like? What do I do next? Like, how did I get here? (laughs) And uh, it was really overwhelming. And then I just started being like, okay, people really like these. I'm going to post one every day. And it brought, I think what I loved in the beginning was that it brought so many people joy and like such a time where it was like uncertain. Cause I really started posting them when COVID picked up that December, I had a lot going on in my life and was truly just, I was very sad. I had a lot of sad and hard things happening with my family with families in my church. Like I was just like, I just want this to make someone smile. And then really started doing it. And then I posted one where I like called out our student body for not dressing modestly. And by that, I meant guys, please pull up your pants and girls, please pull down your shirts. Um, and that one got 3.2 million views and a million likes. And I was like, wow. And it just like kept, I kept getting like almost like a million, if not a million views, like 800,000 likes. And people just like, I was like, oh my gosh, people like think I'm awesome. Like, and I'm doing something really awesome. Curious. I mean, one that's just, yeah, uh, amazing to hear that. Um, So before you posted that first video where you said you're going to do this and not tell anyone can you, do you remember how you felt? I mean, were you nervous before you, you put that out there? Just talk a little bit about that. I think I was just like, I, I think I was just like, I don't want people to make fun of me, which again, like I, I cared and I still do, but less so I cared so much what people thought of me. Like I wanted to be liked so badly. And it had come from like, years of like, I'm not enough. People don't enjoy me. Like I'm not a good person, like just a lot of lies I had heard. And so I think I was like, I'm not going to tell anyone because if this, if this doesn't go anywhere, I do not want anyone to make fun of me. I didn't want anyone to see me recording myself either. And I did it on a day where it was like crazy. Cause I was like, this is really weird if I record myself and post it online. Um, And so I think those were kind of like my initial thoughts of like, 
I don't want people to see me. I don't want to be made fun of. But like, if this does well, this could be cool. Mm. So really just like thinking of myself, I think. Yeah. Can you, can you give us a sample of what you would typically do to sort of like the intro? Did you do the same intro every time? Just, can you give us some kind of sample putting you on the spot? Yeah. So (laughs) I would start recording right when it was like time. So I didn't introduce myself like, Hey guys, my name is Kelly Masashi. I go to Cherokee bluff and I do the announcements. I just was like, good morning, Cherokee bluff high school students and staff. At this time, if you are walking in the hallway, let's make a quick pit stop. And if you are not standing for the pledge, please stand for the pledge. And then I'd say the Pledge of Allegiance. And then I would do like, it's the purple lunch's turn to eat in the cafeteria and the silver lunch to eat in the classroom. We have a football game tonight, so show up and show your bare pride. And then, oh, please make sure to wear your mask correctly. 200% accountability for all. And then I'd end the day saying our bear values because we were the Cherokee Bluff Bears to be innovative. Every person's story matters. Act with integrity. Be respectful and responsible and serve your community. We love you guys. Have a great day and go Bears. Which now thinking about it, stupid to put my school online, but (laughs) Um, (laughs) that was poor choice. So you did this every day for, what did you say, two, three years? Two two year, uh, I'd say actually, I'd probably say a year and a half. Okay. Um, I did it for like half of my junior year, and then the full year of my senior year at Cherokee Bluff. Okay, so so going back specifically to the um, the modesty video that you did, um, so uh, one, I mean, you're calling students out. You know, were you nervous that you're going to get pushback on this, but then it gets 3 million views or whatever it is? What are you thinking when all this happens? I was thinking my vice principal had come up to us and been like, please remember to tell the ladies to dress modest as hottest. And part of me was like really frustrated because I was like, I've seen more pairs of men's underwear (laughs) with their pants not pulled up, then I have a girl's stomach. Mm -hmm. So part of me was like, I do not want to be someone who calls out my student body in a way that could be like, like what if a girl had worn a crop top that day and I did not want them to feel bad. So I was like, you know what? I'm, I said, miss blank, like our vice principal's name would like us to remind you to dress modest as hottest. So I, I think I said, so lady, cover up your midriffs. I know you're cold outside. I know it's cold outside and dudes wear some longer pants or just pull them up. Cause they're really sagging. <laughs> and I think it made people feel at ease, but I also was like, I don't want to be the reason that someone feels uncomfortable at school. And so I think part of me was like, I've got to find a way to make this funny and I've got to find a way to make like no student in particular feel like hurt. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was kind of, and I did not expect it to get like that many views and I was gaining followers like so quickly. And that was like a big push forward. Yeah. And, and so when that, that video specifically comes out and it's, you know, getting millions of views, what, what are you thinking kind of when, when you're alone, when you're by yourself and it's out there and you're like, wow, all these people are watching this. All these people are commenting. I'm you know, getting quote unquote famous. What's going on kind of behind the scenes with you? 
And, and let's say I maybe think, so I put, positive end of the spectrum first. So maybe there. Yeah. Yeah. I think I posted it and I was like, I got like 13,000 views in like 10 minutes. And I was like, oh my gosh, like they really like me. And it felt like, I felt like a lot of the things that I had been like really feeling about myself were like, like a lot of the negative things were just like eliminated. And like, I obviously like now I'm like, uh, maybe not social media, but like TikTok truly was like very helpful in helping me to feel the most like myself. Because I was like, I in that video, I was like, I am showing people like I'm funny. And they think it's funny. I'm showing that I do not want to hurt other people. I'm considerate. I was just like, I am, I think, a very authentic version of myself right now that I hadn't seen in like a really long time at school, especially that I had seen around like my family and like my very close friends. And I was like, I have been given a space where I can feel like I am like a very authentic version of myself. And it was just nice to like, be watching that video back. I had edited it. I had, you know, done all, I was like proud of it. And I was like, I was 100% myself in this video. And I can't say that for everyone that I posted, that I post, but I know for a fact that if people like this video and watch this video, it will be because of who I am, not because of what I'm trying to portray. And so I went to bed thinking like, I was really giddy because I was like, this is doing so well. Like, they really like me. Like, people really like me. Mm -hmm. And it really just made me feel like, okay, like, I can be myself and people will like that, I guess. Yeah. Well, and talk about maybe some of the pressure because I would imagine, you know, you – release this video and I would assume, okay, well now I've got to release another one. I've got to kind of keep this up. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So I'm someone who always likes to be better. Like I always like to be a better version of myself. And I thought, I think I was thinking after that video, like, okay, I've got to post one that will do just as well. Like I have to keep posting these. I think towards the end of high school, it got to be too much. And I just stopped like recording them as much. Cause I was like, this is so overwhelming because I so badly was like, I want like, I want to be better than the last video. It's like, there's like this Jim Carrey quote where he talks about a golden globe and he's like, I'm Jim Carrey, two time golden globe winner. And when I go to bed, I'm going to be three time and it's still not going to be enough. And I, I think I felt like, that little pinprick in my heart of like, you have to do better next time. And so posting, like, even when I was a freshman in college, cause I just didn't want to say goodbye to it. I'd worked so hard to build that up. I was like, I have to find a way to like, get to like more followers. And I was like, I need more people to see these. And like, I, I think I just felt a lot of pressure. Cause I was like, there had been some people in my student body who were like, we hate this. And I was like, okay, well, everybody else loves it. So I'm not listening. But I think part of that also was pinpricking my heart of like, people don't like this. How can I change so that I can get more followers, more likes? I could get like money from this. Like, cause people get paid to be on social media all the time. So just thinking like, how can I like more, 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 more. 
And I've like, I began to realize like, it'll never be enough. And that was scary. So I just pushed that thought away. Cause I was like, I want more right now. And I want like all that I can achieve. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, I can do this for work. Like in college, like I can make some money and like, I could like really like put my major towards this. If I just like really continued hard on social media. And so it was always like, how can I be better? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and so I know, I mean, kind of the, the positive end of the spectrum you were talking about, just bringing joy to people's lives and you were realizing, okay, you've got some gifts in this area. So there's definitely positives. And I know we're kind of getting into the negative a little bit with, with this, but yeah, just kind of maybe dip into that a little bit more of kind of the, on the negative end of the spectrum, your inner wrestlings and even, I mean, spiritually how this was, was impacting you because there's obviously just the, the pressure for celebrity and to, to be famous and to be liked and try to, uh, you know, change who you are for certain people and certain groups and all of that. But maybe you get into kind of the spiritual negatives a little bit more too. Yeah. So I'm going to be really honest and I'm going to share. Um, so when I first like really started posting that I got, I think I had 10,000 followers by Christmas break and I posted my very first one on December 2nd. So that was like 10,000 followers in like 20 something days. And I, so my dad had some like really serious health problems come up and then someone I was super close to passed away and it was really hard. And I think I just remember being so mad at the Lord of like, how could you let this happen? And so I just like ran to social media. I was like, people on TikTok and Instagram love me this much that they would never fail me. And God says that he loves me, but he has failed me and I am so hurt and I am so sad. And so I, I, in that time I was like, my friends at school love me and I love my friends at school and church is on the back burner. And so I was really only talking to my best friend, Ella from church. Um, and then my friend Miriam, and that was kind of it. And I had begged my mom. I was just so, I was so sad. And I begged my mom. I was like, mom, small group is really hard. Please don't make me go. Please don't make me go to youth events. Like I am really sad. I really just want to stay at home and be whatever. And she like understood because I was grieving. And then she was kind of like, all right, let's get back into gear. But in the beginning, it was like, I'd spend hours on TikTok and Instagram thinking of video ideas, reading comments, deleting ones I didn't like, absorbing ones that I loved, and letting it slowly shape pieces of my identity. Like, if I got 100,000 likes on a video, it was like 100,000 people know me and they like who I am. And it was just like a gradual, like, when you like shift in your chair, like it was like, I know the Lord is still behind me, but like, I'm not picking, I'm so mad at him that I'm not picking up my Bible. My phone is everything now. I don't think I like really prayed or like listened to our pastor or like threw myself into ministry or Christ. Like 
as much as I should have because I was so sad and so desperate for something to fulfill me. And I was like, all my friends at school love me because I post these. All of my friends on social media love me because I post these. And so they're all like super crazy about me. And God will still be there. Like, I think it is always a thought that is running in the back of my mind. Like, if God loves me that much, he will still be there. And so I can, like, throw myself into, like, this world of, like, building up my followers, posting videos people like, being someone that people enjoy, and it will be enough. And it will always be enough. And God can wait. And if he really loves me, he'll chase after me. And I just, like, stuck with that mentality and was, like, all in. and just wanted social media to fulfill me and like fill that hole. But it's like putting a band, it's like putting a layer of like duct tape on like a rush of water. Like it'll always open up, but I thought I can put enough duct tape and it will hold. Mm. Well, earlier too, you said um, kind of, I think one of your friends that social media is the least social thing that he does. Um, how was this beginning to impact your real life relationships? I mean, you, you kind of said some things earlier, people commenting on how they didn't like certain things you were posting, everything. Yeah. Just talk about some of your relationships and maybe some of the struggles, challenges, or maybe even good things. I was going through a really hard friend thing at the time too. Cause you know, the Lord was like trial and I was like, I'm not listening to you. Um, And I, so I was just like trying to find friends. Like I was just like, I need some sense of community. But then I was also like, if all of these people love me and my friends are like really wrestling with me, then like, what does it matter? And so I think, and then it ended up being fixed, but then I acted, I think very arrogantly and pridefully because I was like, I am famous. Like no one can step to this. I like that, like thousands of people love me. Millions of people have seen my videos. Hundreds of thousands have liked them. Like I am famous. And so I remember, I remember I won our school's like leadership award at the end of the year and I didn't win something else. And I thought to myself, man, I wish I would have won both. Like, I wish I could have had more. And then one of my friends, um, her name's Allie. She so aptly reminded me, she was like, Kaylee, you've already got this. Like, why does it matter? And I think that kind of was like, in my head, I, I was like, you know what? You're right. And I, or outside, outwardly, I was like, you know what? You're right. And in my head, I was like, cause it's not enough. And my, I think I was just like looking for new friends. Like I wanted new friends. And it actually like, it did give me, like, I think when I was at school, it gave people like a person that they knew was going to be kind to them and they knew was going to love them and be their friend. And so that I think was really helpful because it like people loved me because I loved them. And so that was helpful. And I was able to make friends and love people. But I was also like in my closest friendships in my inner circle, I was like arrogant, prideful. I always wanted more. Like it was like, okay, I get 10,000 more followers. I want 20,000 more. Or I got this award. I want two more just like it. Like very greedy. And I think prideful in like my own heart. But outwardly, I was like, I love you. Like you are in my sister. My sister's three years younger than me. 
she's a freshman. I'm like, you are a freshman. Like I am a senior that will love you and take care of you. Or like, and my brother, he's a sophomore, like sophomore class, I've got y'all like, please know how much I love you. And I think people felt comforted in that. But I think in my own, I was like, in my own heart, I was wrestling with like the want and desire for more and satisfaction of an earthly kingdom rather than the riches and glory of a heavenly kingdom where I didn't have to do anything to get there. And I think I finally felt like I've earned it. Like I've earned the love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, th- thanks again. Just, yeah, your transparency, your, your vulnerability. Um, why don't you, and I know, you know, none of us arrived this out of heaven. Uh, you've talked about your relationship to, to social media now and some changes you've, you've tried to make. Um, when did you kind of wake up to, okay, this is empty and I need to begin making some changes and kind of letting go of the TikTok fame, all of that. Um, just talk a little bit about that. I give a lot of that credit to RUF and RYM. Um, my RUF intern, her name is Grace. She's amazing. Um, and she was really there for me when I was a freshman and really just like grieving when I was a freshman in college. And like finally feeling all of the feelings I had like tried to push away and grace, she just, she loved me really well and was like, I think calling attention to like the way I should have been acting and like running towards the father. And then in RYM, I was like, you know, people, I, I think I talked about it and I also think people found it and I was like, Oh, cool. Um, and I think, so I was like, this isn't like, I don't know that I love this as much as I love the ministries I'm involved in. And then the, I think the icing on the cake was I just tried to post and they weren't doing well because it wasn't like morning announcement videos or like a day in my life of high school. Like it was just, things I thought were fun and were authentically me. And I was like, I kind of realized this isn't like, I don't, excuse me. I don't like this anymore. And I don't, I know that I did, but I think that's faded way past who I am now. And so I actually made a video on it like in August and I was like, Hey, it's been several months. I don't post on here anymore this is going to be a graveyard. So thank you all so much that who have watched. Um, because I think I needed to take that pressure off of myself of like, what can I do to like somehow regain this? And I was like, you don't have to, because you have Christ and you have other avenues that love you for who you are, not for what you bring to the table. That's good. Uh, Kaylee, I know we're needing to start wrapping this up. Um, just curious, kind of, I know you've talked a little bit about your current relationship to, to social media, but kind of moving forward, maybe just bringing this to a close of um, how you're trying to continue to use social media in more of a healthy way and just patterns and things like that that have been helpful for you. And any, I don't know, just kind of closing statements you want to make as we're kind of drawing this to a close. Yeah, um, I'm not perfect. Like, I'm not good at it still. But I think something I've 
been been trying to do is like spend less time on it. I've really I love reading. I love writing. I love being outside. I love working out. And I've started reading again. And in doing so, I've like lowered my screen time like 30 percent. I've tried to only spend an hour on it a day max. Um, And I also think I've started evaluating why I post the things that I do. If it's because I want a certain like look to continue to be the same or if it's because I want like to just post because I want to post it. And I've also, I have debated deleting it all. Um, Part of me is like, I just don't want to. But another part of me is like, I enjoy being connected and seeing people's lives. Um, So I would say that. And I think one thing I, I really do want to say is my encouragement is to, if people from RYM or um, students are listening, like, it's not the end all be all and like social media can be as fun or as dangerous and harmful as you put into it. And I loved being on TikTok and it was so fun, but I also love going outside and spending time with my friends and being present and not letting my phone dictate every waking minute like it has in the past. Um, and I think that I would really encourage them to think about the heart of why they post what they post or why they connect with who they connect with. And then for parents, my parents are not the perfect parents, but the way in which they did social media was super important to me and my walk and my life. And if you think you're being too tough or if you think like this is too much, like I would encourage you to stand your ground. But also, I would also encourage you to have conversation rather than just like, it's my way or the highway. Um, Because I learned through having conversations with my parents why they did what they did. And I didn't question it anymore because they had taken the time to talk to me. And so that's my encouragement. Um, Social media is not a bad thing, but it can be if you let it. So I would just remember to question where you find your identity before you find it in the phone. Mm. That's really well said, Kaylee. Um, Just again, thank you for being willing to come on and and share your story. Um, I know that resonates with so many that are out there listening to this. If that's that's parents, if that's youth workers, if it's uh, students, uh, people your age that are, are dealing with this, I know it's just, it's a struggle for everyone in some shape or form. And so thank you for your, your openness and your, your willingness to come on. 